Hey there, this is John Metter. Welcome to the Man to Man podcast. Men everywhere need to be talking to other men of experience and wisdom. Along with my friends, we'll be talking about how to grow as a man, how to find truth to stand on, how to meet the challenges of the day. Join me as we discuss everything from personal growth to fitness, from relationships to leadership. Let's talk man to man. This is John Metter, and uh, this is the Man to Man podcast that we've been doing uh, as we go parallel with our uh, Man to Man meetings uh, on Tuesday mornings at Cross City Church. And uh, this is a chance for our men to get together and discuss some of the vital issues of men uh, across the table from other men. And it's called Man to Man uh, because that's really a big value. Men need to talk with other men about things that matter in life and and uh, they need to have these common conversations and they need to be talking about things that really do make a difference in other people's lives and in their lives, and that's what we've been doing. The verses we have been uh, focusing on for this very first season of Man to Man is uh, found in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and there are two verses actually, verse 13 and 14. And we've broken these uh, five principles down, devoting a couple of weeks to each one of these principles, and I think you'll be able to see them quickly as I read through these two verses in 1 Corinthians. Now, Paul writes to a, a very immature church that's very influential at the same time, and he's encouraging uh, the people of that church to grow up and to put their faith in Christ and, and to put uh, aside all the immature ways of their former life, uh, the immoral ways of their former life, uh, all the pursuits that they used to have that have been replaced with new pursuits and you follow, as you follow Christ. And so this is what he's summarizing. And uh, here are the verses. He says, Be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. So if you heard those five phrases, then you'll know that those five phrases are uh, the, our focus throughout these episodes of the Man to Man podcast. And this last one, let all that you do be done in love. It's kind of a, a summary of the others. Let your motivation for everything you do as a man be rooted in the love that you have for God, the love that you have for others, significant others like family or spouse or brothers and sisters or children or part of the family of God, your family of faith. Let all that you do be done in love. Every time we talk about this, I also redefine the word love because love is not the emotional love. It's not the feeling kind of love that uh, so many of us associate with the word love. But it is uh, an unconditional commitment to the betterment of the person that we're loving. That's what it is. It's all about loving someone in the way that best benefits them in spite of their ability to reciprocate, to return it or not. Now, that kind of unconditional love is what Jesus had for us when he died on the cross. We could do nothing to secure our salvation, nothing to earn our favor with God. But we have favor with God because Jesus Christ showed his love by dying on the cross for us. So that's always going to be part of our DNA as believers in Jesus Christ, that we're made right not by our own actions, but by his actions, and his actions were love. Jesus said this, he said, greater man has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And that's exactly what he did for us. So as we think about the word love, let all that you do be done in love. Think about that unconditional commitment to doing what is best for the person that you're loving. So when I think about that, 
I also think about a passage that Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13. Often we associate that with a, a wedding kind of passage. It's often read in weddings. It's probably the most frequently requested passage uh, that I'm asked to read during a wedding. Uh, and I, I'm quick to say to the bride or the bride and groom as we're talking, this is not a wedding passage, but we'll read it because it is a love passage. And this love passage is written between 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 Corinthians 14 in a discussion about spiritual gifts in the church. And Paul's basically saying the kind of love that you have for each other in the body of Christ is an incredible uh, opportunity to give your best to other people the way Christ gave his best for us. Now, I'm going to read it, and we're going to talk about that for just a few moments. So 1 Corinthians 13, he says, For if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love does not brag, and it's not arrogant. Love does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away with. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. Now listen to this next line. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I have been fully known. And he sums it all up by saying, But now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So even though it sounds poetic, it's really rigorous, rugged kind of love. It's the kind of love that's really difficult to give because it means that we deny ourselves in order to, to do it. So when Paul says to men, Grow up, let all that you be, be all that you do be done in love. He means that it's going to require us to be mature enough to do it. I think one of the greatest thoughts that we'll have at the end of our life, if we're given the chance to reflect, is the thought of, did I love well? Did I consider others first? Did I commit to give my best to people? Did I show compassion on those who had nothing to give? Did I show patience, kindness? Did I bear with others? Uh, did I show the kind of love Christ showed me? I mean, these are big, big questions. And I think in 2023, the year we live in, they're even more important than I think they've ever been because a Christian is sometimes judged by the world based on their kindness, and sometimes we don't have a lot of it. We don't seem to love others very well. Uh, we, we find it easy to love people that agree with us, people that have the same kind of ideology or the same kind of uh, mentality we do or the same kind of theology, but we don't tend to agree well with others or treat others well who disagree with us on what we consider weighty matters. The political arena is one of those. Uh, I was asked by my, uh, my uh, agent uh, whether I would consider publishing a book 
that would be, he, he said, one of the greatest books that could be published in 2024, which is an election year. And that book would be something along the lines of how Christians commit kindness in an age of chaos. How Christians commit kindness in an age of chaos. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know, he's right. That book needs to be written. It's probably not going to be me. Not sure I'm going to have time to do that, but what an incredible title. During a time that's very divisive in America, how do Christians love in such a way that they stand out from everyone else? Well, the Bible has that prescription for us. Let all that you do be done in love. So I'm going to ask you three questions today uh, that pertain to this idea of loving people whether they're in your family or outside your family, in an unconditional way. Here's question number one. Are you learning the lessons on love that God is teaching you? Are you learning the lessons on love that God is teaching you? Now that assumes something. That assumes God is teaching you something about love. But the Bible says that God is always teaching us about love. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9, For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. I'm going to just say to you that everything God brings you through, everything that God puts you into, and people he puts around you is an opportunity to learn to love well. And, of course, God's love for us is what teaches us to love others well. Uh, and so when you see how God has loved you and you're mindful of that and you, you have a regular practice of reflecting on his unconditional love for you, it is a great model for you to follow, and you're able to do that. Now, there's a supernatural element to this. And that supernatural element is God is always teaching us to love others. And often it's when others are the hardest to love and the hardest to understand and to get along with. After all, it's easy to love people that are lovable, right? People that look the right way, that like the right thing. It's easy to love another Cowboy fan. Not so easy to love a Philadelphia Eagle fan. Uh, It's easy to love someone that believes the same things you do, but not so easy to love someone that doesn't. That's why we hang out with people we like that we like. But how do we treat those that are less likable to us? God has to teach us because no one else knows how to navigate this. So I think there are times in our lives when we ask the question, what am I supposed to do with this person, God? And uh, you're going to have to learn to love them the same way that God loves us. And that's tough stuff. That's just tough stuff. And yet that's where it starts. Are you learning the lessons that God is teaching you by his loving you. Now, I'm going to be the first to admit that I am powerfully impressed by the way God loves me. And you should be too. With the way God loves you, you should be mesmerized by the fact that he's got that kind of commitment to you, that kind of willingness to do whatever to help you become more and more like him. And so as I'm impressed with that, it seems right for me to want to emulate that. I find it difficult to do, but it's the calling that God has placed on my life. I need to be learning the lessons of love. So a few questions. How do you you see difficult people in your life? How do you see difficult circumstances in your life? Do you see them as opportunities to practice the love that God's given you? Uh, Maybe that's how you should view them. The second question is, are you growing in your willingness to love others? And the key word there is willingness. Are you willing to grow? Are you willing to become more loving? In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, Paul is writing to a more mature church, and he said, But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. 
In other words, when we speak the truth to each other, it matures others and it matures us. Every time we hear the word, whether uh, we gather together in worship services to hear the teacher or in all of our conversations, uh, and we're talking about maybe something that God is doing in our life or someone else is testifying about how God is working in their life, we need to stay teachable, uh, moldable, sensitive, um, and all those things help us mature in life. Listen to those around you. Listen to the lessons of life. Uh, in this season of my, our lives, my wife and I uh, are taking care of her uh, elderly mother who also has dementia. And uh, Kim's mom has always been the sweetest lady, and, and dementia really robs a person of their ability to um, be kind and thoughtful and um and they're usually pretty miserable. They're pretty frustrated. And in this case, while she's usually physically mobile, um, she is not uh, mentally able to communicate. She can't understand what we're saying. Uh, she can't make herself understood. And, and so that results in a very, very frustrated person. And as we try to care for her mom as she lives in her home, uh, I've watched my wife love her mother. And it's been one of the most powerful pictures of love I've ever seen. In one recent uh, time, um, I saw her kneeling uh, before her mom, uh, trying to put her mom's socks on, trying to help her mom uh, get dressed. And uh, all the while, her mom was just angry and mad and uh, spouting all kinds of un, uh, un, un, unable to understand words, words that didn't make any sense, gibberish, if you will. Uh, and she had a real look of anger in her eyes, and I just watched my wife just persevere through that and just keep loving through that. And I know there's a sense that uh, that kind of kicks in when we say this just has to be done. Uh, somebody's got to do it, and that'll be us. Uh, but there's also that sense of my wife being able to love her through all that. Now, granted, this is her mother, and um, so that helps a bit, but it's still very difficult to love unconditionally in times like that. And I watch her and I think, am I learning? Am I growing in that kind of love? And am I able to express that kind of love to others around me when they are at their worst? And we're going to have an opportunity to, to show that love sometimes. And it's important for you to grow as a man and be able to love like that. Whether it's your spouse, whether it's a child that's doing something that you don't approve of, whether it's another driver on the highway, someone who has tried to rip you off at work, uh, whether it's someone that frustrates you in the neighborhood, whatever it is, you've got to come to the place where you learn to love each other unconditionally for you to be mature. So are you growing in that area as a man of God? Thirdly, are you allowing his love to come through you? This is a big key. It sounds like it's the same question as the previous, but it's not. Let me read this word to you. 1 John 4, 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now, as you think about those words, know this. Ultimately, it's going to boil down to our willingness to outlive and outlove our own ability. I'm going to run out of my ability to love when I am confronted with certain situations. It's just not in me. So we're going to have to draw on what only he can give us and what only he can do through us. That's the point of this verse. True agape love exhausts what we have to give and draws from his power in us. We come to the place where there's nothing left for us to give. And we realize his inexhaustible resources in us are what we need. 
It's when we are attacked or accused or mistreated, sometimes when we're injured, we have to draw on his love to keep on loving that, that we're making progress. That's when we know that we're growing because it's no longer us that does it, but it's Christ that does it in us. It was Major Ian Thomas that made this statement over and over in his books, The Christ Life. Uh, Dr. Wayne Barber used to say this a lot, and it was one of his most popular sayings. And here's the saying, we can't do it, in reference to the Christian life. We can't do it. He never said we could. He will do it. He always said he would. That's a reference to the fact that I can't live the Christian life when it's at its most demanding. No matter how religious, how well-intentioned, how sincere, I can't do it. But he never said I could do it on my own. But he said he would do it in me and through me. So that's the question I'm asking you. Are you allowing his love to come through you? You have to allow it. From time to time, we'll hear of someone who's forgiven the one who hurted, hurt them, like committed a massive crime against them uh, or against their loved ones. Or we'll see hard and courageous acts of love that defy explanation. It's always impressive. Sometimes it's controversial. Sometimes it's hard to watch because we wonder if we could do that. Well, it does happen, and we can do it, but it'll not be us that does it, but Christ who does it in us. Corey Ten Boom is famous for sharing the story of meeting her persecutor, the one who uh, violated her sister in prison, humiliated them in their nakedness while they were in the Jewish Holocaust uh, at Auschwitz, and... Um, and later on, as uh, she was later freed from that confinement in a concentration camp, she began to tell the story of Christ uh, rescuing her and their deliverance from this concentration camp. Talked about the deliverance that Christ gave them, the love Christ gave them, the forgiveness that Christ gave them. And one day after speaking, uh, a man came up to her who had a heavy German accent and said to her, Miss Tim Boom, is this real? Is this forgiveness you have real? And she strangely recognized him, but couldn't put a finger on exactly who he was. And he said, if this forgiveness is real, I'll seek it from you. And she learned that that was really the man that perpetuated so much violence on her and her sister in concentration camp, the very man in that army that, uh, that hurt them so badly. And she was faced with a decision to forgive him or not. And of course, her acknowledgement was she couldn't do it on her own, but through Christ she could and did forgive him. What a powerful, powerful thing to do. Controversial, yes. Impossible, yes. But can we do it in Christ? Yes. He who does the impossible can do that through us. And that's what Paul's refer referring to. That's what he's referencing. He ends 1 Corinthians 13 by saying, But now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. I'm going to leave you with some questions today. The first one is, what challenging lessons about God's love is he teaching you these days? And the second one is, can you see progress in your love life? Can you see yourself loving others better than you did before in the past? And the third one is very similar. Do you see indicators of Christ-like love happening through you in your family, at your workplace? What are the indicators that it's him and not you? All these questions around this huge topic of love. And I want to encourage you to be a faithful man of God's word and a faithful man with the power of God's spirit and love people in that unconditional way that 
only Christ can allow us to do. So, we have one more podcast to do, and that, that'll be coming soon. And uh, I want to encourage you to stay with us in this podcast and finish it to the end of the season. Encourage others to listen as well, because they're brief, because they're to the point, and they're about things that uh, men need to major on. So until next time, this is John Metter. Thank you for joining the Man the Man podcast, and hope you catch our very last one of the season soon. God bless.